Hey y'all, welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. I'm your host, Allie V, and I'm so excited and grateful that you are here with me to enjoy another episode. On this week's episode, I have a special guest with me to talk about all things millennial money. His name is Isaiah D. Tatum, who is a dreamer, visionary, and leader whose life's goal is to help others discover purpose in life. He believes the only way to tap into greatness is to serve people, overcome fear, and create the life they've always dreamed of obtaining. Isaiah vows to die empty and leave a legacy that will inspire generations to dream. He's a serial entrepreneur in real estate, film, TV, and music, and is a native of Little Rock, Arkansas. In 2015, Isaiah authored and self-published Finding That Business in You, an ebook on entrepreneurship which has impacted the lives of many people. Most notably, Finding That Business in You was adopted into the curriculum of Building Entrepreneurs for Success in Tennessee, a program in the Tennessee Department of Correction. Before we get into the episode, though, let's get into the brown beat. 2021 has come in strong with these tragedies, man. Like, oh my goodness. But this one, though, I don't even know. I don't even know that I can call it a tragedy. Cicely Tyson is gone. She was 96 years old when she gave her last breath last week. But it's just like, man, she lived a good life, you know, and she didn't die of anything crazy, you know, like I believe if I'm not mistaken, she passed away of natural causes, you know, and I've been reflecting on her life and I didn't even realize how much of a trailblazer she was, how much she pioneered the industry for black women. I didn't realize until last week that she was so intentional about the roles she chose, um, that she would not play stereotypical roles that perpetuated this silly image of black women. She didn't play maids and cooks and the help kind of thing. She didn't do that kind of stuff. And I believe there were several other roles that she refrained from because she wanted to do something different. And different she did. Different she was. She was such a queen. She is our queen. She'll forever be our queen. And something beautiful about her story was that I really do believe we gave her, we as in the world, the culture, gave her her flowers while she was here. I do think that our culture honored her. I mean, you know, she was an Oscar, Tony, and Emmy winning actress. You know, she was so incredible. So, so incredible. And it is something so powerful for her to have done the things she did, to trailblaze the way she did as a 96-year-old black woman, but a dark-skinned woman, yo. Like, that is so powerful. So, so powerful to do all she did with what she had. Like, that is incredible. And though it is a terrible, terrible loss, I think we are so blessed and honored and privileged to have to have experienced her work, you know? And I so appreciate people like Tyler Perry, who sort of reintroduced her, you know, to to my generation, I believe, you know, I didn't know a ton of the work she did in the 50s and 60s and 70s, you know, I, I was unaware. I didn't, I, I can't lie to y'all and say that I've watched all of her stuff. I haven't, but I'm quite familiar with all of her roles pretty much from like the 2000s on. So the last two decades, you know? So yeah, like I just, 
I can't even say it's a tragedy. It's just like, I'm just grateful, you know, that it's like, it just seems like she went on her own terms. You know, she waited to write a memoir until like now it was just released on the uh, 26th of January, I believe her, um, her, her autobiography. She just chose to write it just now. I think over the years, multiple people had asked her, you know, like, what are you waiting on? And she literally was like, I'll write when I have something to say. And I guess, you know, in her late nineties, she chose, okay, this is the time to say something, you know, and how beautiful it is that God gave her that time to leave something behind, you know, to share her story. So I think that's so cool. Gil King asked this of Cicely Tyson before she passed in one of her interviews saying, when the time comes, what do you want us to remember about you? And she simply said, she wants people to know she's done her best. She literally said, I've done my best. That's all. That is so beautiful. <sighs> so yeah, it's sad, but it's also beautiful. You know, like we've experienced tragedy after tragedy. You know, it just seems like we're been, we've been in, we've been stuck in this grieving cycle. You know, because we've seen folks, you know, in, in their younger ages dying of COVID and crap. You know, but to see this beautiful black queen go out on her own terms—that's dope. You know, that's that's low key dope. We love you, Sicily. All right, let's get into this episode, y'all. Let's unpack it. Welcome to Shades of Brown, Isaiah. Thank you for being here. You're so welcome. Uh, I want to get into this conversation about um, millennial money, like uh, how we can get our coins right. Um, we're always talking about, especially now, you know, like where the money reside. We want to be where the money resides. Um, and that sounds great, right? That sounds amazing. Yeah. We, all, we all want to be where the money reside, um, but... <laughs> but we have to be intentional about being great stewards over what we've been blessed with. Uh, Absolutely. So I want to just have a conversation about, you know, finances, like get, you know, what what tips we can go into this new year with. We're well into the new year, but it's still fairly early for us to, you know, get some things in order. So right. tell, tell, tell us a bit about your background. I, I, I reached out to you because I saw your post on Facebook about you, um, getting rid of a substantial amount of debt you owe to the IRS. And I was yeah. like, golly, how did he do that? First of all, how did he get, how did he get into that situation? But furthermore, how did he get out of it? So Absolutely. could you share a little bit about your background um, before I get into, you know, more questions? Absolutely. So my background, I'm originally from Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. And I moved to Nashville in 2012. So it's been, it'll be nine years this year since being in that. I know, right? And um, so I went to undergrad at Arkansas State University where I studied business management. And then I went to Full Sail University and got a master's degree in entertainment business. So I wanted to work in the entertainment industry and I did. Um, one fun fact, you know, a lot of people don't know is that I did an internship with Beyonce's dad uh, the summer before. Wow. Yeah, the summer before graduation. And I was like, well, I wanna work in the entertainment industry. I wanna work at the record label and everything. And you know, things didn't work out with the record label. So I decided to go get my master's degree. I was like, I know I wanna do entertainment. I wanna work in TV, film and everything. And so, I was actually able to get an internship here in Nashville 
um, for Warner Music because it's a story, um, and I'll tell it quickly. I went in my room after moving back home. Like, nobody ever expects to move back home after they graduate college. That was not my case, so I had to go back home. And I was like, I don't want to be here. You know, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, I'm supposed to be somewhere else. Yeah. I walked into my mom's room. I was like, hey, I'm moving. She was like, where are you moving to? I was like, Nashville. You know, she's like, what's there? I was like, I don't know. You know, um, I was just like, I'm just moving. Yeah. And so crazy. Literally the next day, I got a call from Warner Music Group and said, hey, we found your application. Are you still interested in an internship wow. at Warner Music Group? And this had been like a year or two ago. Wow. And so I was like, oh, absolutely. I was like, you'll never guess what just happened. They were like, what? I literally just told my mom yesterday that I moved to Nashville. Wow. And, uh, and then one of the artists from the record label, they called me because they were doing something in Memphis, which is like a two hour drive from Little Rock. And they told me, say, hey, we need some help in Memphis. Cool. You know, not I did not know that one of the artists would introduce me to my future boss. And that's who I worked for. Um, it's this company called D3 Entertainment Group. And we did African-American faith-based marketing for TV and film. And I did that for about four or five years. And they were based out of Nashville. So here we are. So my background um, is in entertainment you know, and then I got burned out with entertainment. Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up at the front desk at Keller Williams. And mm -hmm. so after being put at the, I'm talking about so burned out, I'd call the temp agency. I was like, just put me anywhere. I don't care what you all do. I just, just put me anywhere. Mm -hmm. Just the mindset that I was in. Because wow. I needed to make some money. Okay, yeah. our brother was broke. My <laughs> 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 brother was broke, you know. However, they put me at they was like they called me it's like hey they're trying to interview you but we're just gonna send you and they sent me to the front desk at Keller Williams and the rest is history and that's how I got into real estate wow wow <laughs> that is crazy that's a crazy path to real estate yeah. um so how did you get into I, I believe it was what a $35,000 debt you had how did you how did you get into $35,000 debt with the IRS yes like it's one, <laughs> it's one thing to have debt you know what I'm saying like we have debt I got student loan debt I got some credit right, card debt right nobody wants to owe the IRS <laughs> mm -mm. nobody nobody and I do not recommend anybody owing them get 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 it together you know so basically at at Keller Williams I was the front desk person so mm -hmm. let me tell you how it happened I would get these forms in my job. I had to make sure and call all agents to ensure that all those closings were still being closed. So I'm looking at the sheet and I'm like, these people are making my salary in one check. Wow. So I'm like, um, how can I do that? You yeah. know, like I'm coming from the entertainment industry. I'm talking about broke else. And I'm telling you just broke. Right. And I was like, I need to get, you know, to there. So at this time, you know, I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to work. I don't want a nine to five. Like I'm an entrepreneur, you know, all this, all this facade and you broke and you talking about you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> ah, mm -mm, mm -mm. Ain't nobody got time for that. Right. So 
I was like, well, the company wanted to hire me. I was like, if you all hire me, you all have to pay for my real estate school because I one day want to go to real estate, you know, and get into real estate. They were like, as long as you work for us, we'll pay for it. So they did. So I, I wasn't there for seven months. I had already gotten my real estate license and it was time to go, right? And so in real estate, Nashville has been one of the hottest markets in the United States for years, okay? Crazy. It, uh, yeah, it's so crazy, right? And so I started being successful in real estate, you know, got clients and you got houses closing and you got these big old commission checks and coming in and you've never had this type of money and you've never had the type of training in order to deal with this type of money. You'd be like, oh, I got all this money. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I wasn't making six figures, you know, but I was making more than what I was making at the front desk. Right. Yeah. And nobody told me to put aside for taxes mm. because I'm a 1099, right? So contractor, mm-hmm. you're self-employed. Mm-hmm. So you have to put aside your taxes and your health insurance and all of that. Nobody taught me this. All I saw was big commission checks. Yeah. And I'm it. like, it's your yeah. money. It's right. So I went to splurging and you know what I'm saying? And then somebody told me, well, you owe this um in taxes my first year i was like oh hmm. um i don't have that well they were like oh you can put on the payment plan i was like let's do that right but i didn't learn the lesson and i did it again the next year Mm. you know and you know but that's because i started living above my means like you got this type of money coming in but the business wasn't consistent because real estate if you don't do the work in order to make it consistent, you'll have an up day, an up month, and you have a down month. And it was just a roller coaster. And so it's just like, oh my gosh, like, and then you owe this money at the end of the year. And basically the total that I owed the IRS after all of this was like $35,000. Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, one year I got it, I started putting back money, you know what I'm saying, for my taxes. I was like, I'm not going through this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like literally, it, it just it just popped in my mind. I was like, I'm not owing anybody nothing. I was just yeah. like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like this feeling. You know, like people see you successful, but they don't know like the the stress of it. You know, like I'm on payment plans and everything, so that I wasn't gonna be Wesley Snipes. All right, they wasn't <laughs> gonna make that known. Like I, I did my due diligence. I wasn't hiding money. Yeah. Like, hey, here it is. Right. So I was like literally this was just last year and i was like you know what i'm getting rid of all of my debt i don't care what i have to do like they are not going to tell me and they're not going to call me and ask them for their money and you know me just worrying about like how i'm gonna get out of here you know because the irs they don't play like they want their money you know what i'm saying and then they add on interest to it as well so i'm just like you know what Mm-mm. i was like i told my accountant i was like i'm out of this in a year yeah you know and literally, I cut my budget. I was like, what I was living on, I was living on a fraction of what I was making. So I was living on $3,500 a month. And all the rest of the money that I made went towards the IRS, mm-hmm. you know? And I was able to finally get that monster off my back. Mm-hmm. And that's how I did it. I literally had to deny myself the you know eating out and you know getting a bigger house and you know all these things that you want to do but it's denied uh gratification 
Yeah. Can you lean into that? Let's, let's talk about the, uh, the, the concept of delayed gratification, because I do think you you are speaking the language of so many of us, um, where it's like, you know, we come into a space where we're making more money than ever. And I think I'm assuming you're a millennial. Are you a millennial? I am. I'm just 30. Okay, cool. Okay. Cool. Okay. We're, we're, we're the same age. Cool. Okay. A lot of us are um, coming into opportunities that our parents or grandparents didn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of our parents were first generation college graduates or, right. or, or maybe a lot of us, you know, are our family's first generation right. graduates, you know? So we're, mm-hmm. we're coming into spaces that our uh, ancestors and parents didn't come into, you know, we're coming right. into money that our parents mm-hmm. didn't have, or maybe we're making money at 22 what our parents made at 60, you know? Right. Right. So we're coming into these spaces like, oh, my gosh, this is more than I've ever had before. Um, But like you said, we don't have the financial literacy to back it up. Mm -hmm. We think that the income matters when really it's like what we keep and, you know, our our expenses matter. You can make a million dollars a month. But if you if your expenses are two million a month, you broke. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Result. (laughs) You're just broke, you know, so who who cares how much money you make if you can't keep it? Um, so can you talk about what it cost you, the sacrifices you had to make, like deep, go a little bit deeper into the delayed gratification. Right. So I have this wealth advisor and we started this process probably last May, um, Mm. June. And I will never forget the words that she told me that really set everything off. And I mean, I went full force. She said, Isaiah, if you deny yourself right now, you will have 50 years of freedom. Mm. So, you know, 30, you know, hopefully you get to 80, you know what I'm saying? Just like all those, at least you have 25, 30 years, Lord's will, to have financial freedom. Like freedom may not be necessarily financial freedom, but you are free of debt. And to have 50 years, when she said the 50 plus years, like that really did it for me. It clicked in my head. I just, you know, yeah. I was like, oh, yes, I can have 50 years of freedom if I deny myself right now. So I literally, I took Financial Peace University uh, by Dave Ramsey. And um, I started to learn more about finances and, you know, get all the debt. So I literally wrote all my debt, put it on my wall. So I could see it every single day and speak to the mountain. Like I call this a mountain. Yeah. I was just like, I'm about to speak. Like you got to go. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And um, so I wrote down every single debt, um, student loans and, you know, car. I even paid off my car last year. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So, uh, 35000 to the, $35,000 to the IRS and 15000 to my car. So I paid off over $50,000 last year. Jesus, and, uh, Jesus. I, it, it clicked in my mind like I'm yeah. telling you it clicked in my mind so he, there's this budget app called every dollar and it basically says that every single dollar has a place I cut my expenses I lived on $3,500 a month you know and I'm just like hey if I don't have it you know to people I'm like yep I don't have it you know you gotta yes. let people know you know yeah so I, I don't have it. and I did it wasn't my money like I cannot count this as my money Ooh. because I was like I owe somebody that is so good people think that if you like have it in the bank that it's yours like if it belongs somewhere it's not mine it's not. like this idea that you know someone comes to me and asks me you know can I borrow such and such 
I may have all kinds of money in my, in my bank account, but if that's assigned to something, nobody is touching that. Like, no, that's I don't right. have it. And yeah. that's not me lying. It's just not mine. That's not it's mine not, to touch. It's not. And no is a complete sentence. No is a complete sentence. To, oh, this is so good. I love Dave Ramsey. Now, uh-huh. you know, I have not committed to his practices, you know. Sure. We broke, we, we all, we all, we have an off and on relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I did. Yeah. I did snowball a ton of debt last year, not mm-hmm. $35,000 worth, but sure. more than um, I hit, I hit my goal for the year. Um, actually exceeded it. Right. Um, but talk about that, like that mindset, how it clicks, like, what was the thing for you to say, I'm going to cut my expenses. Mm -hmm. I'm going to live not at my means, but below my means coming from a place where you live in beyond your means. Like what was that thing in your mind that said, I deserve to live more. I I deserve to live better than this. I deserve to not be, um, Oh, what was that thing that clicked for you? I was telling you, it's that conversation with my wealth advisor. Mm -hmm. When she told me, and I saw, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody can tell you something, but if you don't believe it and if you don't hear it in your, and see it in your, in your mind, it'll never take root. And I literally visualized mm. 50 years of me being like, I don't owe anybody. Mm. But then that's when I found out that, oh, that's when true wealth will start to come in. You know, I have the freedom to go buy an investment property. I have the freedom to go start another business cash. I have the freedom. The freedom word was so crucial for me that I was like, "Uh uh-uh, like, you know, going to this place or living in this type of place. And like, none of that mattered, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because it also, it comes to like knowing who you are because we typically do these things to prove that we're successful and we prove to other people to be like, look what I'm doing. I don't have time for that. I was like, I got three pair of jeans, okay? <laughs> and you laughing, I'm so serious. I got three pair of jeans and a handful of shirts because I don't care. I was yeah. like, if you see me in the same thing, it's cool because yeah. I would much rather you know and think I ain't got it because I mean, you're not going to ask for it. You know what I'm saying? Listen, and- <laughs> that's the word. That right? is the word. <laughs> if I can, if I can put something in an account and it, it compounds over the years and I have money working for me, that's what did it for me. It's just like, oh, I have money working for me now. I was, when you were talking, I was looking for a, for a specific scripture and I came across and I, I came to it and it's, um, it's, it's Deuteronomy 15 and six, where it says, for the Lord, your God will bless you as he has promised and you will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. Yeah. You will rule over many nations, but none will rule over you. And yep. yes, this is an old covenant scripture. I get it, it's Old Testament, but I believe in the promises of God. And yeah. I do not believe that God wants us or has, I don't believe there's anything in his will for his people, for his children to live in debt. I just don't, but because of westernized society, mm-hmm. this quote unquote American dream, and because of this, oh, you know, we can just pay it back later, finance everything. Yeah. We we buy into this lie and we lie. buy into this scam yep. that we have to have everything now. Mm-hmm. And 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 though I am a millennial through and through, um, mm-hmm. and I think we're an amazing generation. I one of my critiques though is that we are the microwave generation. We want everything yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and we even say things like delay gratification, you know, like sacrifice now and experience joy later. But mm-hmm. the thing about that is that's so broad. When is later? 
you know, but when you say your wealth advisor says, Hey, if you sacrifice now, you will enjoy 50 years of freedom. That is very specific. That makes terms now and later, like it puts some specificity on it. You know what I'm saying? Like I can, I can measure that. Mm-hmm. I can measure 50 can years, measure you know, yes, that sounds amazing. So I love that that's the thing that clicked for you. And it was like a mentality. Like I know who I am. Right. I have nothing to prove to people. That is incredible. And you right. Listen, when people don't think you have it, they ain't going to ask. And I, I, ask. I prefer that. Please <laughs> think I'm broke. I Absolutely. have nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. I drive my same Ultima, you know, and I would much rather drive up to a bigger house than to live in a house you know what i'm saying you know so it's just it's literally that mindset shift you know because like you said 50 years you know i could see myself just like oh i can buy this house now you Mm -hmm. know and i can do this like and then it's like i'm just 30 i'll be 31 next month Mm -hmm. and i was like and i should be finished with my student loans in the next two months oh my goodness debt free right you are not playing <laughs> i'm not i'm telling you it's over like it's over you know what i'm saying because like once you see how this debt chokes people yes. and, and then also i see it in real estate too like a lot of people's debt and student loan debt are hindering them from getting the best loans yes. and it's hitting their credit and all those things so i'm learning from the mistakes of others mm-hmm. and myself to be like i don't ever want to make this mistake ever again yes you know? So, yeah, so it's just like, when you can see it, and I'm just like, okay, now I can be on the beach without any worries. If I want to stay there for two weeks, I can. Yes. Because I have the freedom to do so. So it's all about freedom for me. I love that. I love that. I can tell that that's one of your core values. Freedom is a core value for you. I can tell that. I tend to be careful about money conversations because I don't ever want to assume or I don't ever want it to sound like um, this is just so easy peasy because the truth of the matter is poverty in America is a social construct Mm -hmm. is something that does not have to exist, but because of extreme capitalism and because of oppression and racism, um, Mm -hmm. we have uh, millions of Americans having to live impoverished, having to finance everything, having to rent furniture, yeah. having to rent apartments, can't, yeah. don't have any land, don't have any, all these things, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't ever want to make it sound like this is just easy, but I do think it's important to talk about financial literacy because especially for our people we just haven't had the education surrounding it we haven't had the education and I have a friend who always talks about this you know when talking about athletes or these people who have these beautiful rags to riches stories and it's like what it does nothing it does nothing for a kid to be you know from the hood you know to get the most amazing deal whether it's sports or entertainment and you come into this influx of money but you don't have the education to keep it um so what can we do what can we do to make sure the next generation coming behind us doesn't fall in these same pitfalls that we've that we have which is credit card debt trying to uh trying to show off and prove Mm -hmm. who we are like what can we do to make sure that the next generation isn't uh, making the same mistakes we grab them you know and we pull them up with us you know because I was actually having this conversation the other day, you know, because there is systemic racism and systemic things that have the reason why there are, you know, um, welfare 
and there are like the ghettos and you know all those things there's a reason why yeah know, that it's, the, it's not it's, coincidental it, 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 correct it's, there's yeah. a reason why you know I told them it's like it's exposure like people need exposure to something more than where they are right now because our environment shapes us right so if all we see is the older guy down the street on the side of the corner doing what he does, that's our goal in life is because that's the highest standard that they see because they're making money, right? My uncle had to take me out of the country. My first international trip was South Johannesburg, South Africa. Wow. So we see, when we think of Africa, we think of poverty immediately. We see, we see those babies with big bellies and all. I went to Johannesburg. I'm walking on gold floors and I'm seeing Lamborghinis. And, you know, I was like, I said, wait a minute. You know, um, I said, this is not what we saw on TV. Yeah. Some of the best steaks and all these things, you know, and I'm just 18, just a freshman in college, right? First, you know, international trip like that. It was the exposure because I could not come back and be the same. Hello. So at that point, it's just like, pull somebody up in the next generation to be like, hey, this is money. And it's so crucial that we get those programs because we, are, we will recycle poverty because poverty is a mindset, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's about financial literacy, but it's also breaking the poverty mindset that you just have to survive. Yes, no. talk about the poverty mindset um, and, mm -hmm. and how it affects our ability to attain and maintain wealth. Right. So the poverty mindset is basically saying there's not enough, you know, that I have to hang on to what I have because someday I may get hit with a charge that I don't have room or I don't have the money to cover. You know, a poverty mindset says like, hey, um, no, I'm not going to give you an opportunity because it may take away from me. You know, that crab mentality. Right. There's an abundance in this world, you know, and there is an abundance say there it again is, there is an there is an abundance yeah there is an abundance so and you but people have to go back to where did this mindset come from okay but they also have to be willing to be able to let it go right because the moment that you get information then you're faced with two things either i stay the same or i progress okay now, some people will choose to progress because if I know that if I do this, then this could change my situation, I'm moving forward. But some people are like, no, poverty mindset also keeps you comfortable, okay? If my mama and my daddy or my grandma and my mama have all been on welfare, this is all I know and it's comfortable and, you know, this is all I'm gonna do. This is all I want, you know? But when I see the next door neighbor move out and they've been exposed to different things, I want that because that seems way more better than waiting on somebody to take care of me. Yes. But that take care, it happens in the mind. Yes. And I'm so crucial and I'm so adamant about us renewing our minds to yes. be like, yo, how I think is basically shaping my life. So if I yes. think there's not enough, that's how I'm gonna live. Yes. If I think there's more than enough, that's how I'm gonna live. Yeah, yeah. And we we talk about, you know, especially in the church, we we quote that scripture about renewing our minds. We quote it all the time. 
But when we really think about what God was intending with that scripture, he means mind, soul, and body, like renew your mind so that your life will transform Mm -hmm. um, completely, completely. And that includes finances. I don't, you know, I'm not one. I'm not one to subscribe to this extreme prosperity gospel, you know, like, Mm -hmm. So $500 and God's going to give you a Lamborghini, like, you know, (laughs) however, however, there is scripture to back up prosperity gospel. You know, the gospel is prosperous. He does want us to prosper Um, in every way, in every way, way. you know, Um, he tells us, you know, that um, of course we know the thief comes out, but to steal, kill and destroy, but I am come that you might have life and like have it more abundantly to have and enjoy life. We can't enjoy life if we broke. That's right. <laughs> because the word says money is the answer to all things. To all things. <laughs> to all things. To all things. Oh, yeah. my, pastor, my pastor in college, Pastor uh, Pastor Bobby Sledge of Huntsville, uh-huh. Alabama. Come on, Sledge. Come on, Sledge. <laughs> he would always say, he would always say, um, exposure expands your expectations. Wow. And so true because the lives we live is based on the expectations we have Mm -hmm. you know how can I and and this is why you know and I don't want to get on the tangent here but this is why representation is so important how can I know as a black woman that I can be an astronaut if I've never seen a black woman astronaut you know um things like that we so this is why I love that you're saying pull up the next generation Mm because yes there is a you know this thing about crab uh, barrel mentality I get it granted crabs do not belong in a barrel um that was not their natural habitat somebody put them there which is systemic oppression hello racism you know but that does exist because of poverty mindset and because of Mm -hmm. lack mentality Um, but it's so important to pull folks up and i think that we can do that by being transparent and take all of the um take all the awkwardness around money out you know like take it away Mm -hmm. I have friends who are broke and I have friends who got it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and, and it's like, let's just not be awkward about it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And right. that's okay. Like, like, I think that like us taking the awkwardness out of it can just normalize, mm-hmm. normalize finances. Like it's not a big deal. Right. This whole status and classism, like, let's it's just not. get rid of it. It's not a big deal. It's let's not. talk about it so we can then like expose each other to like, more things and to advance mm-hmm. our literacy so that we can uh, create a space that is more conducive for more black wealth, right? For more, right. for all of us to get on, for all That's of us right. to get, and not just so that we can get things, but like mm-hmm. you said, so we can have freedom. That's right. Freedom. It, even if I don't buy a thing, just to not owe, just to not <laughs> owe anybody. Just yes. to live, like you said, like just That's to live right. at peace, knowing no one's blowing my phone up, asking for their money. Like not, right. nobody wants to be the person owing. And like I said, like we are not supposed to live a life where we owe. Like That's It's right. just not biblical. It's you know? not. And, and, I, not. and you talk about, you know, the yoke, it is bondage. That is mm-hmm. bondage. It Being is bondage. in debt is bondage, you know? Yes. It's literally a form of slavery, you know? So I, I love that. I love all of what you're saying about the mindset and um, get, getting beyond that place and understanding that we deserve to be in a place of financial freedom. Yes, we do. Um, so what what is your advice for millennial entrepreneurs? Because you said something, you know, like 
people talk about us from lens, you know, we don't, we, we don't want to work for nobody. We don't want to do nine to fives. <laughs> you know, we all, you know, we're entrepreneurs yet, you know, we have nothing <laughs> like talk. Mm-hmm. What is your advice to um, self-employed millennials and how can um, we better position ourselves if we're going to transition from corporate America, yeah. going to self-employment, how can we best set ourselves up so that we are not owing the IRS or owing Correct. anybody and setting ourselves up properly? What is your advice? Yeah. So, of course, my number one advice is put aside money for your taxes. All right. At least 25 percent of every single check um, should be you putting it in another account that you cannot have access to. You know, do not get a debit card for it. Do not get a credit card for it. Make it make you have to drive across town or into another city in order to get to that bank in order to get your savings out. Right because that money does not belong to you, okay? So save the money for your taxes, you know? And then, you know, with millennials, like, I wanna be a boss, I wanna be a boss, I wanna be a boss. You can't be a boss until you've served, okay? Uh, and, uh, uh, and let me okay. tell you why. Oh, we appreciate now, okay. Oh, no, but it's just like, it's just like when I got, when I was placed at the front desk at Keller Williams, God taught me the, importance of serving because I thought it was under me to get a nine to five. I wanted to be a boss. I wanted to be, I wanted to be able to have a time freedom, but when I needed structure and when I needed to serve, I'm talking about, I had to, you know, clean out coffee and I had to, you know, uh, be the front desk. I was a glorified secretary. Okay. And, you know, set up meetings and take care of 250 agents. And then it wasn't until that I knew that I needed that to humble me, but to also help me to understand servanthood, because how am I going to run a business if I don't know how to serve, you know, and sometimes being a boss means that I want to tell you what to do versus showing you what to do. Right. So you start from the bottom. So I tell millennials right now, it's like serve great where you are right now, because whatever you do, where you are right now will come back on you when you are the boss. So if you're late and you, you know, still in time and you are, you know, leaving early, you better believe you're going to have an employee that's going to do the same thing to you. You know what I'm saying? That's a word. So, you know, it's, it, but it's reaping <laughs> what you sow, right? Yeah. So if you want to be a boss, serve great where you are right now. If you're in corporate America, I don't care if you hate your job. Like you go in there with a great attitude and shift the mindset of like, I won't be here long, right? Because the moment that you shift the mindset, then it's like, I don't hate it as much because I'm giving myself this date to get out of here, right? You are preaching. Hey, you don't even know, but you are ministering to me. I need Uh, all of this. I need all of this right now. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to have a goal to be like, hey, this is the day that I want to be finished. If I'm going to go full-time entrepreneurship entrepreneurship is not for everybody it's not let me tell you something but one thing about consistent income is for you to knock off your budget your and half it and save i tell people you need at least six to nine to six to twelve months of expenses saved before you make that jump because you do not want to be that struggling entrepreneur like Oh, I have to live in my car. And I said, like, I don't want that testimony, but I have it. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to wash my clothes in my bathtub. I wow. had to make, I had to make 
pancakes from cornmeal, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't have any food. Like, but it didn't have to be like that. Yeah. My pride was in the way saying like, oh, if I have this facade of me being successful and I'm young and I'm an entrepreneur, then I can, you know, people will think of me this way. No, you hungry dog. Like go get a nine to five, which is nothing wrong with that. And make sure you can pay your bills. You got your lights on. You don't want to be sitting in the dark. You don't, you don't want to sit in the cold, right? You don't want somebody to repossess your car. Like there is nothing wrong with having a nine to five right now. Listen, I, uh, yeah. you are preaching. Can we just <laughs> stop glorifying the struggle? Yes, yeah. some people... Uh. Some people do get it out the mud. Yes, some yeah. people do have racks to riches. But you being homeless because you just want to say you did it on your own, fam, yeah. you, you don't got to struggle. Have to. Exactly. You don't have to struggle. Like, just like, stop it. Just stop. Yeah. Like, that's the whole reason why I'm the side hustle king. Like, let me tell you something. I know how to create a side hustle so fast because it's a part of survival. And I had to stop it because I understood that it was a survival mentality. Yeah. You got all these people like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. So I'm doing vacation homes. And then now I'm selling makeup. And then now I was like, wait, just last week you were just doing this and you already got something else. So it's like, yeah, I got to get my hustle up. No, focus, focus, baby girl. Focus, focus, focus my guy. You know what I'm I saying? I do not subscribe to hustle grind yeah. culture. I just Yeah, it's, it's one of those things like, I, like when I say side hustle, it's like, Okay, I am all an advocate for multiple streams of income. Yes. Because entrepreneurship and side hustles, I just like the word, you know, um, <laughs> it's one of those things that because of Corona, it is, it is viable and so important for you to have multiple streams because if your job comes in and say, hey, we're shutting down, you have no say so in that. What do yeah. you do? Unemployment. Yeah. But what yeah. do you do? But I have this successful side business. Yes that is bringing in income, right? And that's what I'm just like, you have to prepare. You can not just have one stream of income yes. in this market, in this day and time. So I tell people who are inspiring and aspiring to be entrepreneurs full-time, have six to 12 months of expenses in your account. Make sure you are doing the business that's needed. Yeah. Not something that you just want to do. There may not be a market for it, you know? Yeah. So I'd say you definitely need to have your money saved up. So and serve where you are. Serve great. Where you are right now is like, because again, what you put out right now, you will get back. That's so good. That is a whole entire word. I love it. (laughs) I love it. This is a tip for the people like me who struggle cutting expenses because you feel that all of your expenses are necessities. Like I was, con- I was that millennial convinced and I'm not even, I'm not even being funny, like my brunch dates and like my nails and toes, my pant- manis and petties, like those were like necessities. And I wasn't kidding. Like I'm serious. Yeah. What coronavirus taught me was like <laughs> all of that stuff that you thought was right. necessary is not, you can actually right. live without all of it. All of Cause it, yeah. we, in the beginning of the pandemic, like uh, March, April, 2020, we mm-hmm. was in the house going nowhere. Like nowhere. everything was shut down. Right. You know, like I even ended up cutting my cable. Cause I'm like, I don't even, I don't use anyways. I use Netflix and Hulu all the time. Like I don't, I don't. Right typically watch TV. I don't watch TV a lot anymore. Mm -hmm. So all these things that I thought were necessities, they weren't. So I encourage you, if you are one who's trying to get, trying to get out of there or just trying to create something new uh, for your family um, to create generational wealth, really look at all your expenses, 
and be real with yourself, bro. Like, be mm-hmm. real. Like, is this really a necessity? Will yeah. you die if you don't get that manicure? Right. Like, right now, my nails look a hot mess. Okay. You know, I started, you know, doing it once a month instead of every two weeks. And it's 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 a struggle. It don't feel good to have right. my little nails looking a mess. <laughs> it don't feel good. But it's right. like, like, nobody is judging my character based on my nails. Like, right. I mean, it's right. just not life it's or death. Oh, they need to mind their business. <laughs> right like it's not life or death so you know people like like me you know <clears throat> you know who are a bit you know uh, uh, spoiled uh <laughs> okay. call a thing you know let's just call a spade a spade yeah hey, i know sis i know bro you know what i'm saying you're getting your check but also like let's just yeah let's do the things necessary now so that we're not mm-hmm. in our 40s and 50s looking back like dang man like yep Exactly. I was I was li- trying to live rich, but I actually wanted wanted to be rich, you know. And yeah. now I'm not. So like, let's just do what we got to do now, you know. I delay know. gratification, and you're gonna be good. We have so much more life to live. Like we really have so much yes. more. Life to live, so. Yes. Um. Wh- my final question, or my final questions. What is one thing you wish you knew before going into entrepreneur entrepreneurship? And what is your final encouragement for millennials regarding money? I just wish someone would have told me that it's not easy, you know, and, and if you are looking for something that's going to be easy, entrepreneurship is not easy, you know, um, that's why I'm an advocate of nine to five, work the job, and then from six to 10, six to whenever you go to sleep, work the dream, you know, because it's not easy, and especially if you have a family or if you have someone that you need to take care of, like sometimes going for entrepreneurship is not the absolute best thing to do right now, but you can still hold that aspiration and to visualize every single day of that freedom, right? So I wish someone would have told me to be like, hey, save six to nine, six to 12 months of expenses. Um, so it's just a recap of everything that we talked about in this, in our conversation today is that, these are the things that can keep you from the heartache and the headache, you know? And, and, you know, I would also say that image matters, but it doesn't. And the, and how I say that is like how you perceive and love yourself matters most than what you want people to perceive of you, you know, because self-esteem and self-love, all comes with being an entrepreneur because you're going to be set up to like, oh, people are going to reject you. So if somebody reject my business, am I going to jump off a cliff because I, you know, they, they didn't like my business or they, or they didn't like me, you know? So it's like, hey, get to know yourself. Like, who are you? Because a lot of people have their identity in their business. Oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. But the moment that you don't make a sale or the moment that you're not that, all of a sudden it's just like, oh, no, I'm I'm nobody. And you know what I'm saying? And then you having this depression and then, you know, um, and you about to jump off a cliff because your identity is is wrapped up in what you do and not who you are. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And another thing is mental health. I was like, one thing about entrepreneurship, you will... And I mean it, you will have down seasons. So it is so crucial to have you a team of people that can identify if you are going off the path. 
because depression is one of the number one mental health factors in every entrepreneur, especially if they do not make the right sale because you start thinking about, am I a failure? You know what I'm saying? Am I not good enough? You know, all those things. So you need people around you and you to take care of your mental health. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, my mental health right now is me losing weight, you know, to be like, you can't, you can't be functioning and you want to start several companies and then you just heavy, you know what I'm saying? So at that point, take care of yourself. Right. And so those are the things that I wish people would have told me. Yeah. So, um, become an entrepreneur you learn on the way but if I can help anybody those are the those are the things that I would recommend and the advice that I would give is just take care of yourself love yourself know who you are take that money off of them taxes and uh you know and, and have fun you yeah. know this is good you 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 preaching man you you, oh, you I wouldn't try to <laughs> you gotta preach that on in you I don't know what oh, you do geez. ministry wise but it's a preaching down there somewhere <laughs> I'm sick of it <laughs> listen it's in there in the belly of the whale not running, Jonah. Uh, <laughs> you know now. Absolutely. Jonah um, ended up messing up them other fishermen lives too. They Right. We ain't got dive. Who won't hear it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Thank you so much. This was so, 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 so good. You're so welcome. All right. Uh, let's get into brownie points. This okay. This is a segment where I want my listeners and you, Isaiah, to think of something that you are proud of, something mm-hmm. you've done recently, big or small. I just yeah. want us to be intentional about uh, loving on ourselves and, mm-hmm. and giving attention to the beautiful things and the positive things, at yeah. least as much as we do the negative. You know, Absolutely. I would hope that it'd be more than the negative yeah. stuff, but at least as much, because we always are talking about what we didn't do, we didn't accomplish and all those mm-hmm. things. But what did you do well? So Isaiah, what are you giving yourself brownie points for today? I am giving myself brownie points for waking up at 5 a.m. Well, really 4 a.m. this morning, you know, because I'm starting to get a new routine that, you know, if you have a new routine and you follow that routine every day, you know, your day goes better, you know? So early in the morning, you need time for yourself because as an entrepreneur, especially as real estate with this hot market, you have people pulling at you all day, right? So waking up earlier, get exercise in, you know, reading and journaling and all those things. It's like, it's so crucial because it brings peace. So I'm giving myself brownie points because I'd rather be want to roll back over and, um, and go eat bacon, eggs, biscuits, and, you know, whipped jelly and all of that. <laughs> I drunk a smoothie, you know what I'm saying? Because you don't want that all on your brain. So, you know, I feel like, that's those are brownie points right now. That is excellent. That is excellent because <laughs> let me tell you something. I uh, there are more days that I'm going to sleep at four. Uh huh. <laughs> so thinking about waking up at four, yeah. Uh huh. So that that's excellent. <laughs> Kudos to you. I woke up. I think I woke up at a. I woke up earlier than usual this morning, and I was like, Lord, are you are you waking me up to pray? I was like, I don't think you are. Let me go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> let me answer that for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're not. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, I'm giving myself brownie points for it's gonna be silly, but I finally figured out how to make IG reels, how to make reels on Instagram. Okay. And I've been trying to like figure out new ways to put out content because you know that's a part of this whole Absolutely. entrepreneurship life is like mm-hmm. oh, we gotta do this social media marketing. And I've been trying to find new ways to capitalize uh, um, or to just, you know, gain momentum. And one of those ways was like, you know, trying to figure out how to do an IG reel. So I figured my first one, like, and it came out kind of cute. I like come it. Come on, come <laughs> on. Brownie, brownie points. Today. Yes, yes. Like yeah. it's, for whatever reason, even the smallest things, if it's like new things, it just intimidates me. Like new stuff, it's like, uh, I, I'm a millennial, but like technology, it intimidates me. All this new stuff, it's always a new app, it's always a new something. Yeah. And keep up with it. Give me Facebook, mm-hmm. give me Instagram, give there me you Facebook, go. I'm good. I don't got no Twitter. That's all I got. I don't have yep. a TikTok, I don't have a Snapchat, I don't need all that stuff. Just give me the mm-hmm. basics. Yep. <laughs> and when they be changing stuff, I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> but yep. I figured out how to make IG reels. And I, y'all, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> Come on. Come on, everybody give her a round of applause. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Because that'll stress you out. It'll make you need a cigarette. Everybody got seriously. <laughs> seriously, seriously. Well, I am just so thankful for this conversation. This was awesome. And heck, I'm just trying to, you know, this was one of the... um finances was something that uh listeners said they want to hear more about on shades of brown i was like okay that's a good idea but this ended up blessing me hey more than my listeners shoot i need (laughs) it so thank you thank you thank you please share your social media platforms where people can find you and anything else uh, that you want to share before we uh head out of here yep i'm just like i only got two so (laughs) no you can find me on facebook and instagram at um at isaiah d tatum um, you can type that in, um, and then you can go to my website, IsaiahDTatum.com, and connect with me there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Isaiah. You guys, be sure to follow him, um, and also pay off that date, y'all. And yep. uh, Black folks, you already know, uh, <laughs> you are enough. Yeah. Your creation is so divine, and I love me some you. Come on, love. So until the next episode, be healthy, be whole, be healed.